0: Good afternoon and welcome to Auto Retail Live. It's our quarter four briefing for 2020. And what a year it's been. Uh, Congratulations uh, on what you've achieved so far this year. Uh, With all the challenges that we've faced uh, as an industry, uh, it's been a remarkable time. Things started at the beginning of the year when we thought perhaps Brexit and CO2 targets might be the toughest thing we were going to face. Little did we realise we were going to get used to new language, new words furlough. Who knew? Lockdown. The R number. Plenty to get our teeth around and our head around as the year went on. In March, of course, we started with lockdown. And at the end of the first quarter, we saw uh, new sales down 31% uh, year on year. Uh, businesses closed. Some businesses immediately, of course, started that innovative streak, which automotive retail is famous for, uh, thinking of ways to continue with service support for key workers. And um, through June, the the market got tougher. We at half-year point were down nearly 50% uh, in terms of new car sales. But innovation and commitment, smart ways of working, uh, working through distance selling, uh, click and collect, Um, a rally on electrification, suddenly interest in uh, hybrid and alternative fuel vehicles uh, meant the market did recover. Uh, And by the end of September, uh, at the end of the third quarter, we were down something like 33%. But of course, That's not the full story. There's more to the uh, market than just new cars, Uh, plenty more to talk about. And as we look ahead to the end of the year and trying to find that way of uh, driving a good result, I'm delighted that on uh, Auto Retail Live this afternoon, uh, we have three key speakers, all with expertise in the area, Uh, happy to take part and take your questions and if you would like to send a question into to us here for the conversation, uh, please type it into the box uh, here in the studio, uh, and then we will uh, share those questions with the panel. Or you can send us your question via uh, social media using the hashtag ARNLive. But let's take a look. First of all, uh, with our panel, uh, we have Darren Edwards, who is the CEO of Sittner Group. I'm delighted to welcome Bill Berman, the CEO of Pendragon, and Catherine Fears, a familiar face here, the COO of Auto Trader. So I'm going to invite uh, Darren, first of all, Darren Edwards, um, Sittner's CEO. Uh, a heck of a year. You're heavy on luxury brands. How's 2020 been, and particularly uh, this quarter? Have you have you been able to beat the market and see progress?
1: Yeah, thanks, Al, and uh, welcome, everyone. I think, uh, well, for us, Q3 was um, very successful. As you know, we're part of PAG, the automotive group listed on the US Stock Exchange. So, um, a lot of our figures are, are listed over there. But, um, you know, what I can tell you is that um, we had a record quarter uh, for the for the group, and also for Sydney we contributed
2: significantly
1: towards that. Uh, we had double digit growth in both new and used volumes. Our gross profit grew by uh, about twenty five percent on the prior year, so significantly increased. Um, and our overall percentage of PAGs revenue grew to forty percent. So we 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 grew the business during the quarter, and um, you know early early days so far in Q four, but October. We continued that trend really. So for us, it's been a successful time. Uh, all the things you mentioned earlier, we've had to introduce, but fundamentally, it's um, you know it's been a it's been a good time for the group. Uh, lots of learning, but um, ultimately successful.
0: We do have a slight delay when we're talking with Darren this afternoon, but that's uh, not going to uh, halt our conversation at all. Um, Bill, uh, Bill Berman, CEO of Pendragon, uh, here's somebody who's had a roller coaster year. Bill, welcome to uh, Auto Retail Live. Um, what's what's 2020's experience been for you
3: al thank you for having me on uh, it's been uh, uh, unique to say the least uh, I took over in February as a full-time CEO and uh, within 30 days uh, uh, we were in lockdown and uh, uh, but you know uh, someone taught me a long time ago in uh, in tough times you develop good habits and uh, good times you develop bad habits and uh, we developed a, a lot of good habits and in a very short period of time and uh, it's the, the first lockdown and some of the challenges that we faced this year have really given us the ability to inwardly focus, find opportunities um, within our business, whether it's on the cost-saving side, um, structuring our business better. And really, what I think you know, I'm happiest about and most proud of is the ability, um, the systems and processes that we were able to put into place to be able to transact a higher percentage of our of our deals um, purely online. Um, and very much like Darren. Um, Through all of that, we were able to have um, a really strong uh, beginning uh, to the second half and uh, also had a a record uh, Q3. So I'm very happy with the way the team's progressed. Uh, Just uh, looking forward to things, maybe getting back on some semblance of normality, whatever, whatever that is in today's world.
0: We're going to dive into some of those details. Uh, Bill, actually, you've got like a celestial light coming over your shoulder on, on our screen. I don't know if you, maybe you could perhaps pull a curtain or something. Unfortunately, we just, we're just losing you a little bit. But, um, uh, Catherine, from um, an auto trader perspective, um, perhaps 2020 is one of the years online. Um, what have the learnings been from, from auto trader from, from, from your perspective?
2: Uh, It's been a a fascinating year. It's definitely for us so far been a year of two halves in that during lockdown, we did see audience and consumer demand very significantly impacted by the first lockdown. But we've seen very, very positive bounce back since then. So consistently since June, we've been running up over 20% in terms of audience visits year on year. In June, we were up as high as 30%. And actually, August was our peak month. So we're now very consistently hitting over 60 million visits a month and over 550 million minutes being spent on AutoTrader. It really interestingly, some of the biggest learnings have come from actually what we've seen in terms of that consumer demand. So we've seen firstly, a big positive um, sentiment shift towards car ownership from consumers. So in our research that we conduct, over 30% of consumers are now saying that owning a car is much more important to them than it was before the pandemic. And we're very consistently seeing between 10 and 15% of consumers on our marketplace, saying they're on our marketplace specifically to avoid public transport. So arguably, they are consumers that pre-COVID-19 and pre-the pandemic wouldn't have otherwise been in market. So for us, it's really interesting times because we are trying to obviously make sure that we're driving repeat visitors and engaged consumers to our marketplace, but also very focused on how we help these new consumers who are, coming to market perhaps for the first time to navigate what is, as we all know, quite a, what can be quite a confusing and complicated car buying journey. And encouragingly, as we've entered into this lockdown, um, audience and the very positive um, tailwinds that we're seeing in terms of visit performance have remained. So from Thursday to Sunday, so the first few days of lockdown, we're still tracking up about 15% year on year, which suggests that even if for some consumers, they're not transacting um, through home delivery or through click and collect, that actually the demand is there such that when showrooms and forecourts can reopen, um, consumer demand should remain robust.
0: You're watching Auto Retail Live. Uh, Questions more than welcome in our discussion over the next 30 minutes or so. You can type them into uh, the, the question bar here online or hashtag Aaron Um, Philip Wiley from Proline. Good afternoon, Philip. Thanks for your question. Um, with more retail lockdowns potentially on the horizon, will dealer groups maintain their service activities? He makes the point that in March, April, many did not and potentially lost business as a result. Darren, I'd be interested in your view on this.
1: Well, we, we've um, we've taken the approach that um, you know with with a re- reasonably large database that we can maintain our current level of performance throughout November. It's a fixed period of time. Any reduction in demand, naturally, we can then promote uh, lots of activity in terms of um, service plan, uh, you know, activity in terms of getting people in early. Or uh, just you know lots of prospecting in terms of outbound amber work, bringing that forward. So I I, I think our view is that we can pretty much maintain our service performance. Uh, we haven't furloughed anyone as yet. Uh, you know we're trying to sort of uh, we're trying to sort of get across this this period without without really any disruption. Uh, it might be a bit naive, but that's certainly the the message we're going for. And the and the first few days so far has been encouraging in terms of our. Our daily um invoicing rates are you know not far off from where we would normally be. So it seems to be working at the moment. So I think if there are any other limited period uh, lockdowns, you can kind of you can manage it with a little bit of ambition and just doing all the proactive things that you might not do when your workshops been before. And there's also cars that we bought which we haven't prepared yet, which we are now preparing for sale as well. So I think you know, at the moment we feel because it's a fixed period. We we can get across it, you know, relatively unscathed.
0: Bill, from Pen Dragon perspective, managing the sort of the changing, the, the shifting ground all the time. You know, MOTs were postponed, so there's, there's at some point going to be a glut of MOT work coming in. The the, the sands shift quite a lot. Has, has is that coming back and driving business opportunities for you now?
3: I think there's lots of things driving uh, business opportunities. I think the examples you gave and and several others, um, whether it was the FRC allowing, uh, you know, PCPs to be extended out, um, there's lots of opportunities for really manage our database, manage our existing customer base and and work um, through that. Uh, You know, with the different way the lockdowns have been happening as of late, whether it was a circuit breaker in Wales um, or the current, uh, you know, four week lockdown in England, um, you know, we're adjusting accordingly. Um, you know, uh, said earlier, we're very fortunate. We have uh, you know, Pinewood, uh, our DMS and CRM system. Great bunch of individuals over there, um, and we're able to take advantage of uh, their expertise and really manage um, our customer database um, to a very, very high level to take advantage of delayed MOTs, delayed PCP renewals, um, and the such.
0: But I guess some of the, some of that has helped bring forward business. So obviously, you know, when a car ends, its PCP, there have been adjustments. Mm-hmm. Terms of uh, managing the interaction with the customer, but that has kept a pipeline going for you to support when the when lockdown lifted and you were able to deliver the cars. Absolutely. So what happens now as we get towards um, the end of the year? We hear we hear good news there from Catherine that the that there are people out there and particularly in you know urban areas um, mm-hmm. who want to use uh, public transport. Perhaps um, are you seeing this opportunity coming through? Are people now approaching you?
3: You know, absolutely, and and we saw this especially in our used vehicles, and and maybe kind of the the lower price bands where we saw people really come to the market. To Catherine's point, that uh, maybe in times past um, wouldn't have. Uh, I'm, I'm on the trains a lot, going to different stores in different parts uh, of the country to visit our stores. Uh, you know, f- six months ago, uh, you know, you're having to buy a seat three or four days in advance, and now you're riding on a car all by yourself. So I think people are um, uh, less likely to use public transportation than maybe they were in the past, and uh, and I see it as. Um, You know, after the first lockdown, maybe it was going to be temporary, but I think there's going to be a percentage of people that it's going to be a full-time shift. And um, the safest place to be is in your own personal vehicle, your own little bubble, um, so to speak, where um, you know that uh, whatever's in there is is what you've put in there and nothing else. So uh, I definitely see, you know, a continued trend um, down to that end of things, and, and we're going to take advantage of it to the best we can.
0: Darren, another question come through, this time from David johnson uh, Perry. So Good afternoon, David. Thanks for your question. Uh, David asks, what changes in customer behavior and profitability do you expect following the ruling on discretionary commission? I mean, it's, it's not directly linked, obviously, to lockdown, but it's something that's coming down the track, Darren?
1: well i think um you know transparency can only be a good thing um, i think you know it's certainly raised awareness i think there's still some uh, discussions taking place between the nfda and the fla about um the guidance that's been given currently to lenders about whether they can allow um you know dealers to uh discount from the rate that they they've, they've uh, published i think that's still in debate and a lot of the manufacturer lenders and some of the bigger independent lenders are still um, you know, getting to, grab, to grips with that. So I think um, it's for me, it's a bit too early to say exactly what the impact will be. But certainly, uh, I income as a as a significant income stream for for dealing networks will remain. Um, but it will, I guess, it will be somewhat diminished ultimately. Uh, and I think customers will be, you know, expecting to see probably a bit more from disclosure. Again, some of the uh, some of the the information that's being presented by the FLA in terms of disclosures. Current is slightly worrying. Uh, I think again, the NFDA have, have probably have a slightly different view on that, um, and so I think there's still work to be done. On that so I think until um, you know the guidance has is been issued by the NFDA, I think um, you know the FLA's guidance is is, is probably somewhat um, different from perhaps what some dealers might expect. So I think um, ultimately consumers will will be getting a, a much fairer. Uh, you know, proposition from, from 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 dealers in terms of uh, the rates they're going to be charged, but I'm not sure yet exactly what that's going to do to the amount of commission that everybody earns.
0: You're watching also retail live. Uh, thank you very much for taking time to join us this afternoon. Questions on hashtag ARN live, uh, or send them in um, direct through the webinar. Uh, Bill, let's just think a little bit about um, relationships with manufacturers here, because. It's been a heck of a year for adjustment. Um, It now looks like, if my numbers are correct, uh, we'll end the year about 1.5 million, 1.56 million according to the SMMT. It'll be the lowest year since the Ford Escort was a top selling car and that was 1982. (laughs) So um, a lot of this depends on relationships and and how these are managed. What's the the
3: feeling retailer side from a big group? Uh, So Al, I, I mean, I think the OEMs and the retailers have a symbiotic relationship. Um, And like any relationship um, over time, sometimes uh, some of the things that hold you together can get strained. Um, I think what's happened uh, with COVID and with the lockdowns um, with different challenges, whether it was the threat of Brexit um, or other economic concerns, have actually brought the OEMs and the retailers closer together. Um, And I think the system works well. Um, There's room for opportunity improvement on both sides. Um, But I think as we go forward and whether it's the consumer that's changing, the marketplace that we're existing within or outside influences such as uh, pandemics and the, and the such, um, that we're better together than we are apart. So um, I'm personally seeing our relationships starting to improve with our OEMs. Um, this isn't on their side, this is more on our side because of uh, uh, maybe opportunities that we didn't take advantage of in the past, um, but definitely um, I think it's something important to focus on and something that we're spending a lot of time and effort on.
0: Darren, I read something uh an interview you gave earlier in the year when you when you know, it was a different world, a different place, and, and you were kind of looking through twenty twenty and going, you know, there's a glut of vehicles, there's probably incentives needed and so on and so on. Has that now flushed through the system? Are we now in more or less a clean market where demand and order are, are not far out of alignment?
1: Depends on the brand, I think. But yes, um, for certain brands now, um, you know, their their production was impacted by the lockdown, so supply therefore has being constrained. Uh, so certainly, you know, you've seen some instances where certain model lines are difficult to get, um, and therefore that's had uh, a significant impact on the kind of mix between demand, the balance between demand and supply, and therefore margin. I think you know, gross margin has been something that we've all enjoyed. Uh, an uplift in during this period, because of that you know because of there there does, there isn't that kind of oversupply element anymore and I think for us, you know when I look at the business uh in q three and in q four uh, the biggest impact really has been this complete absence of um self registered cars you know, if you think back beforehand, you know maybe depending on the brand and, and you know wh- where you are as a dealer group or dealer, you might have anything between ten and thirty percent of your stock could be self registered and that normally is very, you know, very limited in terms of making profit contribution or indeed loss-making. And I think the dealer groups that have managed to um, you know, replace that stock with with profitable used cars and grow volume, it's been almost like a, like a triple you've got Reduction in, in uh, cars that were losing money, then you've got an increase in margin because of the, the flip between loss-making cars and profit-making cars, and then growth. I think that's why you've seen so much impact. So I think supply and demand is definitely in a in a much better position than it was uh, a year ago, uh, to the point now that you know we're we're starting to almost get to the point where we're running out of some model lines with certain brands, which um, we, you know which is a bit worrying. Um, and hopefully, we'll be uh, you're back into a more normal position in terms of uh, production at least in in Q1. Um, but it's 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 had many benefits, I think, of this <laughs> this. Uh, this, this uh, supply and demand uh, rebalancing, certainly.
0: Bill, the marketplace obviously is different from where you're sitting with the mix of uh, brands you have and where you go. Mm-hmm. Did, in your experience, you're seeing a, a, a cleansing of the channels and moving
3: more towards a, a cleaner market? I think Darren said it perfectly. Um, I, I would have to absolutely agree, especially on certain model lines uh, where we're very, very short in supply. Um, to me, for the rest of this year, that's kind of where I see some of the risk. Uh, you know, this lockdown may help some inventory um, get back in, but. Um, going into December, we're going to be at the lowest uh, new car inventory level that we probably had in, in decades. Um, and that there's a good and a bad to that. Uh, obviously, your floor plan lines are, are less. You've worked through aging inventory. We've worked through most of the pre-regs um, that we had from times past, um, but we are missing certain model lines and certain you know hot products that, that turn very quickly and generate um, you know good margins. So um, it's kind of a double-edged sword, as they say, but uh, I'm glad it's happened. Um, we're a lot cleaner than we were. Um, I think this bodes well as we go into next- Next year, and we can um, build our uh, inventories back up in a real kind of thoughtful and uh, purposeful manner.
0: Bill, take us through the experience of um, from the from the customer's perspective in terms of home delivery, because it's a question that's come up a number of times. And, and uh, Umesh, uh, good afternoon to you, Umesh. Nice, nice to hear from you. Um, what's the what's the sense of the appetite from customers buying um, from you as a big organization,
3: basically wanting it delivered to their house? Yeah. So, uh, you know, the the one thing that's unique about vehicles and the reason that auto retail really hasn't been disseminated like um, other industries is cars are still tactile. You touch them, you taste them, you feel them, you smell them, you experience them. Um, It's very hard to convey that purely online. Uh, I think every single customer that buys a vehicle interacts some form or another um, online before they buy that vehicle, whether it's researching what vehicle they want, researching who they want to buy it from, or being able to work down a certain portion of the process of buying that vehicle. Um, The way I see it is there's no cookie cutter approach to it. Um, Every customer is gonna have different Uh, appetite for how much uses they want to do on that way. Um, In the systems that we put into play, um, we've geared them to be able to facilitate that. So if somebody just wants to find a car and do it the traditional way, we're going to be able to facilitate and happy to do so. If they want to conversely do it 100% online and never talk to us, so we'll be able to facilitate that as well. What we're seeing is the vast majority of the the people are somewhere in between that. Um, As far as pure home delivery, you see it a higher degree on used cars And um, on the mid to lower price bands, uh, people are more likely to do it. Um, when you get over 15, 20,000 pounds, once again, it's experiential. It's it's hard to maybe have complete faith to to buy a vehicle completely that way, even with um, you know a, re, a strong return policy. Um, but there is a huge appetite. Um, since we've come out of lockdown, um, our standalone used car business has been delivering just shy of 20% of their vehicles with little to no inter- inter- interaction with the store. Um, they found the car online, they transacted online, and then we delivered it to their house. So we've seen on pure use vehicles in the low to mid-body price bands to be about 20% of our customers willing to do 100% of it online.
0: Darren do you do you reflect that obviously slightly different position in the market this 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 um, home delivery appetite does it does it work for you?
1: Well we've, we we you have to remember we've got our car shop business as well which is a you know a, a similar proposition to To build with Car Store, and what what we've been finding is that um, click and collect seems to be more preferred than home delivery. I think the price range that we're selling, you know, they're sort of nine, ten, eleven thousand pounds. Um, You know, not everybody has a driveway. Many people live, um, you know, in a in a kind of what you would consider to be a normal family home down a street that doesn't facilitate. A flatbed truck sat outside for an hour. So I think you know, click and collect certainly for us is something I can see having a a, a big upward shift. Home delivery. um, I'm not. I'm not sure it's going to be as super successful as some of the uh, companies that are aiming to be purely online are are thinking it's going to be. Which is why you've seen, for instance, some other uh, you know what were traditionally or uh, put themselves to be purely retail have now become uh, sorry purely online have now become more traditional retail with with click and collect type uh, locations. So I think I think it's going to be uh, interesting to see which one becomes more preferred by the buying public. You know, would they prefer to go to uh, do the majority of the the, the the transaction online and then go to a professional establishment to receive the car, or would they rather have the car turn up outside their house? And I think um, it's going to be uh, fascinating to see how that grows.
0: Bill, there, there, there was always the perception. You, you see endless conferences and people saying industry needs to prepare to do online selling. But the reality was, surely, that the industry was, wasn't was just sat in, in showrooms selling cars out the door. The industry uh, retail industry in the UK uh, was always minded, and, and things seem to have accelerated this year. But is there is there room for more disruption in the marketplace? Or do you think automotive retail and the franchise
3: system is is safe and, and secure? Well, I, I don't want to say anything it, truly on a retail basis and safe and secure. The model the way it exists today, I um, mean, Darren kind of touched upon it um, as well, I think is the best model that serves uh, the consumer the best, um, especially as you go up in price bands on used vehicles or more importantly as you get into new vehicles. Uh, you know, OEMs are focusing on brick and mortar. There's a reason for that. There is a whole buying experience. Um, customers still want to be able to come look at it. Uh, the best example I could give. Um, and, and Darren touched upon it how pure online players have gone into uh, you know physical locations. But if you look at Amazon, um, you know, I'm obviously from the US, um, Amazon went and bought Whole Foods and now they've opened up several Amazon stores in um, click and uh, collect uh, areas because they found that that way they could do a large percentage of the business online. There was still a large percentage that didn't want to facilitate and do transactions that way. Um, and kind of my favorite one is, a, is the Apple store. Um, they've always done very well online and selling through other retailers, um, but they didn't really start to really grow their share and really um, be a, a retail wise, our true leader until they came up with the Apple stores. And it's funny. If you look at an Apple store, Al, it looks just like a car dealership. You walk in, what do you see? There's your showroom. Um, You And what do you get to do? You get to test drive all the products. Um, In the back is after sales, your parts and service business and accessories on the side. They've basically come up with a car dealership retail model. So I I see the model that we have is going to, I don't necessarily being disrupted, but I can constantly see the business evolving and changing over time.
0: You're watching Auto Retail Live. Uh, we're looking at the market in 2020 and thinking about the final quarter of 2020. Um, Catherine Fares uh, from Auto Trader, so with us. Catherine, we, we talked there about um, home delivery, click and collect, and, and so on. What, what's, what's your audience? What are your customers? Um, are you getting a sense of their appetite in this particular space?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, since we emerged from, or dealerships were able to reopen in June, we've seen typically about double the level of leads and interactions on our platform than we would normally see. So that's consumers either emailing dealers, calling dealers, looking to interact. And that's well ahead of the level of um, visits and audience growth we've seen, which definitely suggests that consumers are open and willing to do much more of the car buying journey online. Equally, when we ask in our consumer research, And we've now seen lockdown two versus lockdown one, a very big shift in the number of consumers that are prepared to consider click and collect and home delivery as an option. We've now got about 50% of consumers saying that they would consider going on a car buying journey that involved one of those two mechanics as the ultimate kind of delivery or transaction mechanism. And we've now got the smallest percentage of consumers ever saying that they will only complete um, most of the jobs in dealerships. So 28% of consumers are saying that they would still only go down that traditional sales route and do it all in person in a dealership. So certainly with that backdrop, I think we're confident that as we enter, and now are in the midst of this second lockdown, that the number of um, sales that we see in this period will be much higher than the period that we saw in March, April, and May. Our proxy sold data suggested that um, retailers were operating about 15 to 20% of normal sales volumes in that first lockdown period. I think click and collect and home delivery will mean that um, that percentage is much higher this time around.
0: And from an auto auto trading perspective, obviously you're a player in the market um, and, and have worked through. What's, what's your plan and what support do you have available um, at the moment and to help through to, to the end of year 2020?
2: So back in... Um, March, in the first lockdown, we went free for our customers. And we've consistently tried to support um, when it, we feel like it's mattered the most. And we have decided again, and last week we announced that we were making advertising packages free for all retailers throughout December. And um, while some the was fire firebreak and we've now got the lockdown in England, um, we felt like December was actually likely to be the most challenging month for retailers, the most challenging month, but also the most important month to be visible and online, because we know that 60-odd percent of um, transactions in January are typically consumers that are in market researching in December. So actually, December's a really important month to make sure that um, retailers are doing all they can to be visible and promoting that inventory online. And um, So we've gone free for December, we've extended payment terms for November, and we've also launched a buy online destination on Autotrader. That is dedicated to showcasing the stock that retailers have available to um, be fulfilled through the home delivery and click and collect. And we're doing a lot through marketing channels and promotion to drive consumers to that destination and to very much promote this message that retailers are still open for business, that if you're a consumer and you're in market and you want to buy a car, that there are definitely options there available for you to complete that journey.
0: And from your analysis, where are you seeing used car um, demand moving forward? I mean, you know, we, we talked today about you know people want to buy cars; they'd rather use that in the public transport. Does that reflect in your projections through into twenty one?
2: Yes, so we in the last um, few months, based on our proxy sold data, so the number of cars being removed from auto trader, and we actually had used car transaction volumes running at about six percent up year on year. Um. From the demand that we're seeing today, we're still 15% up year on year. So we expect used car transactions to remain robust through these these next few months. I think that is one of the big differences with this lockdown. We can go into the next few weeks with confidence, actually, that we know that underlying demand is strong. We know when forecourts are able to reopen again, that consumers will be there and demand will come back very quickly.
0: Darren, question um, that's come through: How are how's the panel handling the test drive element of the sales process? And it links into a, another question earlier, which uh, why can we have a click and test drive um, approach to it? But but take us through your experience, uh, Darren, if you wouldn't mind, on this particular issue of test driving during lockdown.
1: Well, for us, we thought you know, the legislation was very clear, which is that you have to have conducted the sale prior to uh, collection, and really there wasn't any place for a traditional test drive, as in uh, I want to try this car out before I decide to buy a processor. So we, we've uh, we've you know we've chosen not to do test drives. Uh, the only the only drive that we would allow uh, would be a familiarisation drive. You know we sell. Ferraris, Lamborghinis, uh, high high-powered cars, and some people, um, you know, that's the first time they've driven one of those models. So we would allow them to drive that car uh, just to get uh, a feel for it before they finally drive it away. But in terms of test drives as part of the sales process, uh, we think that the guidance is very clear that that, you know, is not something that we can be doing at the moment.
0: Bill, you 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 made it very clear it's about the experience of going. The, to the showroom to touch and to, to have an interaction.
3: How has how,
0: Pendragon approached that?
3: So, uh, you know, I first off, I agree with everything that um, Darren just said. Um, the, the regulations are very clear and we wouldn't do anything that would uh, jeopardize either any of our associates or, or our customers. Um, what we've done is, uh, you know, virtual presentations on vehicles where we're videotaping the vehicles and uh, sending it to a consumer. Um, we've also done uh, virtual uh, test drives where we're driving the car for the customer um, and having someone else explain what's going on um, while they're doing it. And then we're using our return policy um, to be able to facilitate that and uh, answer any questions a, a customer may have that way with it. So if they bought a, a brand new vehicle, they take delivery of it. Um, if there's something they didn't like about it, they don't understand, obviously we'd explain it to them, but we're rest assured giving them the ability that if they needed to, um, they could return the vehicle if it didn't live up to their expectations.
0: You're watching Auto Retail Live, uh, the quarter four, <laughs> Um, Thinking ahead, Bill, about budgets and planning for the end of the year, Um, any advice um, to colleagues uh, across business, whether large or small, uh, in terms of, you know, the last six to eight weeks, thinking about what you should be looking at?
3: You know, a good car guy euphemism, right? You got to keep your foot on the accelerator. Um, You know, whatever disruption uh, the next couple of weeks is going to cause. Um, It uh, hopefully will all come to fruition um, into December um, and uh, into uh, maybe the first part of January inventory permitting Um, and and don't underestimate what, um, you know, the customer's appetite to transact or interact um, with you online. I think more than ever, I'm having a strong online presence and and being able to facilitate a large portion uh, of the transaction online is key, Um, not just for the rest of this year, but on a go forward basis.
0: And Darren, looking, looking, at, at speaking probably to your team, but also to the industry as well. What's what's your message to to close out twenty twenty in as as best condition as possible?
1: Well, I think you know, reflecting on um, Catherine's remarks earlier about demand, and also what Bill just Bill just said about um, being online. You know, I think there are. There are customers that still want to buy cars right today. Um, and as long as we can facilitate that in a safe way, then why shouldn't we expect to have a pretty decent Q4 and into next year? You know, certainly with my team, uh, you know, with the, when we were describing uh, how we should think about this, it was just, it's business as unusual. We're just doing things in a very different way, but we're still selling cars. And there are still plenty of people that want to buy cars and want to have them serviced at the moment. So I think for me, it's about, um, you know, I kind of likened it to being in a very high-powered speedboat. You've seen these videos on YouTube when they're kind of they flying along a lake and then they hit a bit of bumpy ground. They get on the other side of the lake and then fall pelt again. I think that's us. I think, you know, for, for me, November is a bit of a bumpy ground in between two very smooth lakes. That's what I'm hoping for. I think as long as we can have lots of uh, ambition to keep on succeeding in the way that we are. We've got online sales. You know, we've got video nowadays. We've got all the all the new technology that we've all learned over the last five, six, seven months, and I think that's going to be the future. I don't think those things are going to change. I think there's just going to become more of what we do. It'll help us to become more efficient. We'll be able to run the business um, with less cost, and that can ultimately be a good thing.
0: And final word, Catherine. We've we've had um, positive news in the midst of a difficult time. Um, what would your advice be um, to? your customers using Auto Trader obviously, to sell to the public?
2: Oh, I think it would be, uh, to sum up, it would be be where consumers are. So, at the moment, um, they're online because that's one of the only places they can be. So, make sure all of new and used car stock is available online. Be where consumers are and in the channels that they are. So, be available to support them through um, call, through video, through all of those digital channels. And lead management has to be one of the big focus areas for the next few weeks when nearly all consumer interaction will be through those channels. And then finally, I think it would be be prepared and consumers are open and willing to um, accept cards through Click and Collect and home delivery. So make sure that they're very much part of your proposition.
0: Catherine uh, from Auto Trader, Bill Berman from Pendragon, and Darren Edwards from Sitner. Thank you very much for uh, being our panellists this afternoon on the Quarter 4 briefing. Uh, we will be back in just around a month's time, the 10th of December, for the next Auto Retail Live, uh, when we'll be looking ahead to 2021 uh, and the B word, the Brexit word, and, and how that may well impact on the business. But for now, uh, COVID is sufficient to focus on. Uh, good luck in the showroom. Thank you to all our panellists. And on behalf of uh, Tristan and the editorial team at Auto Retail Live, good luck in the showroom and thank you for your time.